This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Pats, pals, and Foxborough friends, we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI-FM, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens here, alongside my guy, primetime, shime time himself, Chris Shime. What up, dog? What's up, Fitzy? How you doing, bud? It's great to have you back. We have not potted in some time. It's always good to be seen and this time heard as well. You and I have not had a chance to pod ensemble, if you will, because uh, you were away and then I was away. So Andy and I did it and then you and Andy did it. And now, of course, it's you and me together again. Just the two, two of us. Because we can make it if we try. Just, just the, the two, two of us. us. He's a Mac hating guy. Put him, put him, put him. Because Andy Hart right now, the third man on the program, is currently on the air helping out with the Jimmy Fun Telethon, standing in for Lou Merloni on the afternoon show. And he's going to be doing FM radio all week, so it'll be me and the Shime guy. If you have any questions for us, any comments, anything you would like to share, as always, please, of course, rate, review, subscribe, share the pod, tell your friends. You can hit us up on the socials, at FitzyGFY, at Shime Time, and, of course, at Six Rings Pod. Six rings pod at gmail.com for further inquiry. Shime, we open up today's podcast in the middle of, or dare I say, the throes of the oh. final session of joint practices. Yes. This 2022 preseason. The Patriots are currently in Henderson, Nevada, where they are undergoing joint practices with Sorry, I'm contractually obligated to say it that way. So have to do it. I'll, it's just like with the biz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you say spider wide to banana, like you have to say it in a bad <laughs> Gruden voice. You have to say, here it is like Chris Berman's. You know, I know you're not allowed to say Michael Buffer things. Otherwise, you'll be sued. But it's written. <laughs> it's true. Into all sports media contracts that you have to say, here it is like Chris Berman. I'm done. I I, okay. uh, I loved Chris Berman growing up. He's one of the reasons I am in this business. So there you go. Look at that. Uh, yeah, uh, it, true. I mean, who who doesn't? The man was an absolute living legend in the fact that they brought back uh, him and now Booger McFarlane doing NFL primetime so we could watch highlights with nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills and all. And the nicknames and hey, okay. So uh, Pats and the Las Vegas football team are currently having joint practices. Of course, everybody knows that that's Patriots West now. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Jared Stidham, Jakob Johnson, mm-hmm. um, Brandon Bolden at all. And uh, I, th- I think this was probably not just the joint practice session, but the preseason week that most Patriots faithful, most Foxborough faithful were looking forward to shine. Because if anyone's going to know what the Patriots do, even if they are in the midst, even if they are between and betwixt, if you will, 
changing up the scheme, altering their offensive play calls, new coordinators or a coordinator, Rushmore, Triumvirate, or committee, if you will. Nobody would know the team better than the guy who off and on has been the offensive coordinator for the better part of close to two decades since Charlie Weiss left with a brief stint uh, or a splash of Billy O'Brien for a couple of years at the turn of the previous decade, then Josh McDaniels and company. Mm -hmm. And of course the Raiders who are a team you and I are in on as a sneaky playoff value, Very much so. not to mention a lot of tasty props on the board as well. I think they would present a great challenge for the Patriots as well as maybe they would showcase on the defensive side of the ball, how far this defense that's been drawing praise for its speed, its feistiness and its playmaking ability the last couple of weeks has gone. So Shime, I know prior to the pod, you were monitoring the socials, checking out the word from Indeed. the beat guys, the Lazas, the Badads, and everyone else, the Callahans that are out there. Uh, how's it going so far on day one of the joint practices? Ah, uh, to sum it up in a couple words for you, Fitzy, not great. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a tough. It's a tough day. I'm one good. Of joint, uh, yeah, a tough day one of joint practices. Reverse uh, terrific. Compared to, you know, you saw the Carolina Panthers last week who are just a, a poorly run, lacking in talent kind of football team. I mean, the Raiders they're a second rate football team. No, yeah, the, the Raiders Carolina are neither Pan of those things. No, Carolina is not a team I would say would be worthy of potential relegation nope. if I got it my way to be able to run the NFL and I would send a team to the USFL or the XFL, et cetera, or the other FL if, you know, we, we could run things that way. But they're not terrific. They're no. far from elite, and I didn't think they presented go. much of a challenge outside of having a my blank is bigger than yours contest with all of those stupid joint practice Foxborough Fight Club scuffles last week. And so you're walking into an area where Belichick already commented on how beautiful the practice facilities are. This team, this Raiders team, is immensely talented, and uh, you saw that today in, in the joint practices. Jalen Mills went 0 for 3, three straight times to, against Devontae Adams, and Devontae... I mean, it's it's hard, right? Because Devontae Adams might be arguably the best receiver in football, and he is amazing. And I, I think people mm -hmm. are underrating how good of a season he's going to have with Derek Carr. Um, but he is just like he made a catch. Evan Lazar tweeted this out where he made this like ridiculous, ridiculous end zone grab. And it's just like he's just He's just one of the best in the game. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter which corner was on him. They were probably going to fail. And I think one of the things we've kind of come to consensus on is that the strength of this Patriots team is going to be the D-line. Unfortunately mm -hmm. for them, if Derek Carr has the option to throw to Devontae Adams or Hunter Renfro within two seconds of receiving the ball, it doesn't matter how good the defensive line is because the ball is going to be out of his hands. And that's kind of where I think – the major issue lies right now with the Patriots is that still that secondary, that linebacking core, as we've kind of alluded to for a while. And the Patriots offense struggled a little bit today. They had some early success. I know Mac Jones hit Devontae Parker for a touchdown pass, but um, they also really didn't have a ton of positive plays. When you're looking at it at, at, from a you know hundred foot view, they had a lot of negative plays today, including an interception. And so, yep. They have a lot of work to do uh, still at this point. We are now ge gearing up for preseason game number three, and the yep. offense needs a lot of work. Friday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern will be the third and final pretend season game for the Patriots against the Las Vegas football squad. Notice I didn't say, hey, so we have a couple days to get ready for that. Now, 
I'll take some positives away from this before I sort through some of the other tweets that I noticed about how the practice went seven on sevens and 11 on 11s. A, if you're going to get your lunch eaten in front of you, if you're going to get cooked or you're going to get pantsed in front of the junior high school, it best be done by a good team and it best be done now. So you see how far you have to go, what it is you need to shore up and where you need to improve. I don't think the Patriots need to improve as much defensively as they need to improve offensively. Cause as Andy Hart and I have pointed out a couple of times, having watched the pretend season games and done some immediate reactionary post pretend season game podcast, the front seven might actually have more teeth and more nasty to it than we had originally anticipated. Agreed. And that may help the cornerbacks who are young, small, but quick with a little twitch develop in time. And we all believe the safety room is going to be one of, if not maybe the greatest strength, of the all 53 for the 2022 Patriots and iron sharpens iron, right? That's the old adage. So if Jalen Mills is going to have to come even further in being a number one corner, why not go up against the guy with the the best best moves, the best hands. And honestly, the thing I've always admired most that people don't talk about with Devontae Adams, his body control in the air is Rejunculous. Like and it is, I don't think it doesn't even make credit. any sense. He's the best 50 50 ball guy in the NFL, and he is so far from the tallest or the biggest bodied receiver. It's unbelievable what and this guy can do. People don't give him credit for how good of routes he runs. Lazar tweeted out today out of all the training camp practice practices I've seen since 2018, Devontae Adams today was the best for any receiver I've ever seen. The things he was doing is downright ridiculous. So Five like, years, this man, a well-respected yeah. member of the local media and now a staff writer and voice for Patriots and Patriots.com is telling you straight up, he works for the team that he's watching get beaten in practice, and he's telling you this guy is the best receiver that he has ever seen. In like five even seasons. 2014, Darrell Rivas was going to have a hard time with Devontae Adams today. Like that's the kind of level Devontae is at right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think that speaks more to him than it does about the Patriots' defense. Right? I, I just i i I don't want to bash them because they are getting torched by arguably the best receiver on the planet. I just don't. I don't think that's fair. And again, in practices and and in, you know, 11 on 11s that are, you know, not exactly game scenarios. So exactly. I, I can't, I can't do completely demolish them, but at the same time, the Patriots are going to see guys like they had the regular season. So they need to be prepared for when that happens. I heard there was a lot of, for the Patriots in seven on sevens, a lot of stuff, stuff sack and a lot of dink Duncan out. Nothing too impressive early on. Uh, some of the falls, including Lazar at others said, that the Patriots got better as the practice progressed. A couple of notes since obviously we were not able to make it out to Vegas, but fortunately we have the Lazars, the Dussos, the Callahans, and more out there giving us fresh perspective from these coordinated practices, which now finally shine. At least we're seeing some benefit as opposed to wondering if you're going to end up on World Star or Barstool as opposed to Patriots.com or NFL.com after those idiotic practices against Matt Fool and the Carolina Panthers. Um, Evan Lazar also said good pressures today from Judon, Uche, and Bentley. Uh, nice to see also the Patriots getting back to full health. You had Hunter Henry back out there, Isaiah Wynn. And I love reading that Jabril Peppers is getting more involved on his defense. His energy, his gameplay, and his speed is definitely adding a little something to the back end. But it all goes back to this. And I wanted to just quickly touch on this before we make our move to the next segment. And in that next segment, we're going to talk about what we feel are the greatest needs the Patriots can try and address on roster cutdown day, where maybe you pick up somebody else's discarded players or even pull off a preseason trade. 
the Taekwon Thornton injury and all of this uh, Belichickian Patriots North Korea labor camp nonsense with uh, my guy Kendrick Bourne as well. This is not the time. This is not the time for that fooling around with Bourne on the Belichick front. It's a little exhausting now. Bill gets compliments thrown at him from McDaniels and Ziegler. He's like, yeah, that's great. But, uh, you know, we're on to 2022. We haven't done anything this year. Like, Bill, would you just shut up and accept the compliments for God's <laughs> sakes? Would you leave Kendrick Bourne alone? He's a fan favorite. His energy, it's uh, it's it's infectious. It, it The team gets by on that kind of stuff. It makes the team happy. It makes the fans happy. Don't put the guy down because he talks a little bit. Don't give Mac Jones talking to He doesn't have the equipment right, and he throws haymakers at a practice to protect his teammates. And, you know, and also don't get on Mac's ass just because he says, like, you know, he and Joe Judge are in a collaborative process. Everything top down is so, uh, you know, like Catholic school nun wrapping you across the the knuckles forever speaking out of turn. It's ridiculous. The, the authoritarian control that they exercise over these guys, you need their personality, you need their energy, and you need their speed. And now, to the first point, you've lost Tyquan Thornton for half of the season. Who in the world is going to stretch this field and open things up for an offense that, as we've heard, is going to rely more on speed, the ability to try and generate it, or the deep ball? And that was primarily going to come from Tyquan Thornton. These are big problems that they have right smack dab in the middle of a rough training camp. Yeah, I was I, I on the Beck You Up Boston pod with Mutt. I went into like a two minute rant on how I'm growing very tired of Belichick. And my, my thank you, it, I can continue to grow more and more weary with his displays of uh, just it's it's mon- it's gross. It's monotonous. It's like, what are we doing, Bill? Like, what? Well, stop it. Stop being a, a jerk and a dick to everybody. Like, say, like answer some questions and and figure like help everybody understand what the hell is going on because right now your offense sucks. Mac Jones today, according to Andrew Callahan, was seven of seventeen with an interception. That's not good no. <laughs> against the Raiders. Good. Can I just yes. tell the audience listening right now that the Raiders do not have a very good secondary? They no. do not have a very good. They their realize. linebacking core is very average. They have a good pass rush with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones with a good front and they, four, and that's about and they it. Do not have a good secondary in any way, shape, or form. So if Mac has a second and a half to breathe or survey the field, he should be able to get some work done. So if he's going seven of seventeen against an inferior secondary, while your secondary, which has been trending upward the last couple of weeks, is getting carved up like a butterball turkey by Devonte Adams, Derek Carr, and company, not great. Not no, great. Not great, Bob. Like that's awful. It's horrendous. And so at some point he needs to answer for all of the things we've been seeing. And and, and sure, <laughs> check sure. answer for something. <laughs> exactly. But the, and that's and that's my big I think that's my biggest issue and it's one of the reasons I have been so negative is because I'm just I am bombarded with well, he's the greatest coach of all time. Cool. What have you done for me lately? How much what it, like what have you done in the last 3 years since Tom Brady left? or two years, whatever it is now. What, like, what have we established? And now, not only that, your your offensive coordinator, who, as you said, has been here for the better part of the last two decades, is now gone, and a head coach of the team you're currently practicing against, 
and you have Matt Patricia calling plays for you. What kind of boobery is this? I don't understand. We're running like a second-rate organization, like Urban Meyer's in charge now, all of a sudden, and everybody's okay with it. And it's and and it's becoming infuriating and upsetting. No, we're not okay with it, Shime. I don't mean to step on your words, but well, a lot of people most, are. They're most people aren't off. okay. Well, there's the, the in Bill We Trust crowd, which I'm a member of, by the way. I am a card-carrying member of the sure thank, are. hashtag Thank You Belichick and in Bill Hong We Kong. Trust Club. And at the same time, now I'm getting exhausted by this. And anytime. I ever dare question something or make a mention uh, in social media, Twitter, which isn't real life and is fake nonsense and fake news in the first place. People go like, oh, pants wedding season. Oh, apparently you haven't seen what Belichick's done. It's a rope a dope, you dummy. Why don't we wait till the season starts? Like, okay, sure. I like some of the players he has, and I think he still is the greatest football mind of all time. But why, why do things need to be done this particular way? And they how don't. come the way they everyone don't. else looks at players and the way everyone else puts their team together and the way everyone else does stuff works for everyone else, but it's not good enough around here. And when you not, don't express doubt, Shime, but when you just, when you just, ex, when you just show a little curiosity, when you just sort of wonder like, hi, Bill, um, since there is a giant shroud of secrecy in a curtain of, uh, shall we, uh, uh, expositional darkness over the organization, uh, fundamentally preventing any and all of us from understanding what's going on. Could you just maybe explain it? Cause you know, we tell fans things, then fans talk to each other about it's stuff, whatever, what and we get nothing and we get nothing. And then Mac Jones is getting tired of it. And Kendrick Bourne and other players are secretly, and I've, I've heard stuff and I've read things in DMS from people where it's like, yeah, there's players that aren't terribly, like they seem to understandably not be not thrilled about some of this stuff. We but how heard come him, he can't like put his finger up in the air and be like, ah, you know what? Uh, maybe we should do things a little different right now. We heard him basically verbally undress Phil Perry, who's one of the nicest guys Phil, in what? the media. Well, I mean, we heard him weeks ago, and he was Phil was like, Bill, to be completely honest, just we don't really understand what's going on, and that's why we keep asking about the play calling, and we want some clarity. And he's like, Great, you want clarity? Like, great, good for you. And it's like it's like what what are we doing, Bill? Like why are you, why do you need to be such a jackass to the guy who's being as polite as he possibly can be in approaching this question? And it's a question that literally everyone in New England, outside of like the blind, diehard, smoke-filled fans, want to know. Literally everyone are just like. What's the deal with play calling? Like why Matt Patricia or because at the time it hadn't really been established. It seems more established now, but at that time it hadn't been. And and it, it, you can make these things go away with very simple comments that still don't give out a ton of information. Correct. He refuses to. Instead, he insists on antagonizing everybody else. And to me, it's just like. I'm growing tired of it. I, I'm weary of it. I, oh, and I don't want to be tired of it either because A, football is my favorite sport. Amen. B, it's what we do for a living. And C, it's a nest, it's a welcome distraction from the rest of everything. And when your favorite football team is frustrating you like this and seemingly going about doing things in that, as I've used time and again this offseason, Shime, the obtusely Belichickian fashion. It grows oh, a little beyond it, obtuse it now. Grows, yeah, it grows a little. It grows a little wearisome. So I can understand why there would be frustration there. And I tell you this: if Friday night Mac Jones and company take their lickings this week and they turn it around, and he goes on like does two drives and he goes like nine for eleven for hundred and five yards and two touchdowns, I'll be the first person to like whip my IPA out the window and toss a 
big old thing of Mike and Ike's against the, like I'll toss my <laughs> snacks, candy and popcorn. will be flying everywhere. Cause I'll be like, there it is. I love it. It's all been leading to this, but at the same time, if they get out there Friday night and have a stumble bumble again, like they did in the first couple series against the Panthers, six plays, three yards, two punts, one incredibly frustrated team and or fan base. I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me will kind of almost want to see the Raiders go up like 21, nothing in the first quarter, just so we can all then hear it pile on more. And you know that they'll have to go back to the bunker and they'll have 16 days to kick off to get their S in order. I, I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud, but it's, Healthy here on the Six Rings podcast to vent. Yes, uh, amen. I am here for all your venting. And on a uh, somewhat relevant note, um, the, the, if there are any degenerates out there that happen to also listen to this podcast, uh, the Raiders are currently one and a half point favorites on Friday night. Uh, I have the money line at minus 125. I made that bet when I was driving through Virginia uh, last week um, because Josh McDaniels doesn't lose preseason games and this Patriots offense looks like a dumpster fire. So I was like, and to me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to place that bet and I'm going to feel very comfortable about it. So if you want to be a degenerate like me and bet on preseason football, there you go. There's no shame in profiting from other people's misfortunes on the football field, preferably as opposed to IRL in real life. Good job, Shime, on that one. I think I know where I'll be putting my money Friday, <laughs> and it is definitely where my mouth has been for the first segment of this podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening once again at Six Rings Pod on the socials, Six Rings Pod at Gmail if you've got a question, comment, concern, and more. Tell your friends. We're on Spotify, Apple Pods, and all the other platforms.